All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Table Talk. It's... Table Talk. Don't interrupt. Me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Oh, are you doing an intro there? Yeah, we're doing an intro. Oh, okay. All right, as always, you got Caleb the Man Lamoro, and accompanied by RJ. <laughs> And we're also here with Sam. <laughs> That's rude. That's <laughs> rude. All right, guys. Today we actually we have a banger of an episode uh, for you all. Uh, today our special guest um, we have. He's a podcaster. He's a rapper. He's a published author. He's a coach. He's an Oxford University graduate, a free thinker. Ladies and gentlemen. We have Zuby. <laughs> uh, a lot of people may know Zuby as um, he went viral uh, for posting uh, deadlift, which... Um, RJ, how much was it again? 507 pounds. Wow. So, yeah, he uh, posted on Twitter a video of him deadlifting, and he was identifying as a woman so he could break the UK's women's deadlift record. Uh, he went pretty viral after that, but he's been uh, famous over there for quite some time. He was uh, given shout-outs on the Joe Rogan experience. He was on the Ben Shapiro show, Stephen Crowder show. Uh, they talked about him on Fox News with Tucker Carlson. Uh, so, yeah. Hello. Hey, Zuby. How's it going? I'm good. Thanks, dude. How are you? Doing well. Thank you uh, for doing this with us. So, uh, my name is Caleb. Uh, we have RJ on. RJ, say hi. Hello. And then uh, RJ's kid brother, Sam. Hey. What's up? Nice. So, we just, yeah, we figured we just uh, wanted to call and just kind of hear your story. And I, I think it's clear over here in uh, the States, we kind of saw you after you kind of went uh kind of went viral for that uh transphobic <laughs> deads lift you did <laughs> oh was it <laughs> uh but rj was wondering uh what what pronouns are you using today uh today you um that's a good question um it really depends on my mood i think for for ease for ease of use and accessibility we'll go with um he and him today all right he and oh, him yeah. Awesome. That's funny. I appreciate you asking for my pronouns. <laughs> hey, you know. So over in uh here in the States, if someone, you know, famous was to do that, I mean, that would be I mean, you'd probably be getting doxxed and boycotted and <laughs> probably death threats. Did you did you have any backlash over there doing that? Um it, man, more people in the states probably saw it than saw it in the UK. Um, um, and I, I'm not sure if the U, I'm not sure if the US is worse than the UK for that kind of stuff. I mean, at least you guys have the First Amendment over there. Um, I mean, barely. But yeah, no. Th <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. People, I know people are trying to pull that back. But um, no. There, to be honest with you, man, like 99. Point, I want realistically, I'd say 99.5 percent of the feedback has been positive. Um, of course, you know, with, with anything, I mean, if anything reaches a certain threshold of people, um, you're always going to get a couple of people who either just don't get it. I mean, there were a lot of people who, who didn't actually get it. I mean, I didn't think it was the most complex, complex point that I was making. 
but um, a lot of people genuinely didn't get it and still don't understand it. Um, and this, this is like on, on both sides of the thing. So there's people who are angry at me because they said that, you know, what I did was unfair to women, women, and I'm not really a man. And what I did was terrible. And, you know, there were people, there are people who, you know, kind of took it too seriously in that, on that end. And then on the opposite, you know, you have people saying, oh, you know, you're not, what you did was hateful or bigoted against tr transgender people, which obviously it wasn't. And that wasn't the intention. Um, and I think, you know, 99.9% of people understood that, but, um, you're always going to get a couple of crazies with anything. That's not, that's not anything new to me. Um, I've been, I've been on the internet for a while. I've been on Twitter for 10 years. So I've, I've dealt with my fair share of criticism and rage mobs, but, um, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, no. And so when, when I watched it, I, I got the point as just because there's a lot of talk about that, that, you know, there's no difference between male and female. Um, especially, you know, in like athletic or strength or, and when you see, like, if you were to take, uh, Serena Williams, for example, who's, you know, the best mm -hmm. female tennis player of all time. And if you were just to put her, uh, in a match with, let's say Roger Federer or Ralph Nadal or, oh gosh, I was, I was going to say anyone. I mean, didn't she play against number, the guy ranked number 250 or so in the world? Yeah. And it wasn't even close. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, it smoked no. her. Or, so, uh, yeah, 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 of course. Or even like if you were to put, you know, uh, are you a basketball fan? Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, so I mean, if you were just put like a D League player, even a bench warmer in the WNBA, just it would just it wouldn't even be fair. They would be the Michael Jordan of the WNBA. Yeah, of course. I mean, and and anyone who understands strength and biology and physicality knows that and is aware of that. I mean, that's why you separate them. That's why you separate sports to begin with. And that's completely fine. This is not, um, it's not like a, a dis, a dis or a knock on women or anything like that. It's yeah. just that, you know, we know that there are physical differences. Society's known that for literally thousands of years. It's not just in human beings. It's literally all species mm -hmm. of animals, right? Yeah. Um, you know, males and females are different. They have different strengths and weaknesses. And when it comes to physicality, strength, speed, et cetera, like everyone already knows that men have an advantage of that mm -hmm. on that. So when people try to say otherwise, it's really stupid. You know, it's not an opinion. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just a fact, you know, that's not, if someone wants to read some negative motive into that or whatever, they're, they're free to do that, but they're still wrong. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that I'm better than Serena Williams at tennis. You know, she was no, absolutely no, destroying no, me. No, of course not. But if you're, <laughs> if you're going to take the, you know, the top, any, in any sport, if you're going to take the top 500, probably even the top couple thousand um, in most sports, like if you, you know, just to take the thousand fastest people in the world, you know, all thousand of them are going to be male. Mm -hmm. That does that does not mean that there aren't women who are faster than me. There's thousands of women who are faster than me. Yeah. But if you were to take, you know, if you're going to go to the extremes, which is what you do in professional sports, then, um, yeah, you know, it's it's. If you were to do that and not have any kind of sex segregation in sports, then, you know, you, you'd, you'd entirely push women out of sports. It would all just be dudes. Mm. And that wouldn't be, you know, that, that wouldn't really be um, a step forward in any way. That would be entirely exclusive. Um, yeah. yeah. So it, it's, it's odd that you these things even need to be explained and discussed, to be honest with you, because it's, it's to me, it's kind of like stating that the sky is blue and having and someone asking you oh well, explain that what do you really mean and i'm just like well it's blue <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know what i mean like what, what else do you want me to 
What else do you want me to say? Uh, and yeah, no, we have cases over here in like high school wrestling matches, you know, where yeah. uh, a male who's now, you know, or it'd be a male who identifies as a female is competing. Is that right? Am I getting that right? Yeah. Yeah, would yeah. Uh, wrestle against, uh, you know, so men would be uh, fighting, born, natural born men would be fighting, you know, natural born women. It's just, and it's just, it's just beating the crap out of them. Yeah, it's not even a competition. And, and again, that doesn't mean that I could get in the ring and fight Ronda Rousey. She would kick the crap out of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, to be honest, I mean, even a guy who's, you know, quite lightly trained and who's just naturally very big and very strong would probably, you know, have a good chance of still beating her though just because the strength differential is that big mm-hmm. you know even if you didn't have even if you didn't have the skill or technique you know if you landed one good shot then you know it, it's, it's like it's uh and it's happened in mma as well i mean lots of this to be honest what spurred the deadlift itself and that tweet was um was some of the stuff that i did see going on particularly in the u.s um in athletics in i mean it's been happening over the years athletics mma um wrestling handball soccer i mean it's it's happened in a whole bunch of different sports and i mean it's interesting because it's something i predicted like five or six years ago when this whole thing started to gain uh when this whole movement started to gain some momentum i was saying you know why wouldn't why wouldn't if it's as simple as self-identification why would a man not do that and you know if there's an incentive if you give people an incentive Mm -hmm. then they're gonna they're gonna do that thing so um, and there's clear incentive when it comes to sport and winning and scholarships and money and prize money and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. as long as they leave that gate open, it's going to it's going to happen more and more. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's very bizarre to me that people are fighting for that. Um, it, it seems like ideological possession rather than people thinking rationally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, when you posted that, did you expect to get the reaction that I mean, you had Joe Rogan talking about it. <laughs> I, I saw that you were on Ben Shapiro and Steven Crowder. And I even saw Tucker Carlson talking about it. Did, was that a surprise to you? Or what, what were you uh, expecting it, when all that happened? Man, I was I was expecting a couple of LOLs from, <laughs> you know, a couple hundred or, you know, a thousand people at best, you know, I knew my audience would find it funny, because I know my I know my audience very well, but um, I did not expect it to go viral and inter- on a national and international level. Um, I, w- I wasn't expecting it to gain that level of attention. I was very gobsmacked at the time I did it. I mean, if I'd been expecting it, I would have at least put my music in the background of the video. <laughs> yes. <you know>? but, <laughs> but no, it, it's weird. It's very weird how these things happen, man. You know, um, obviously, I'm a musician. I've been working up and grinding for you know, the last 12 years, you know, putting out content and it, it's just amazing of all the stuff I've done, all the money I've invested, all the things I've put energy into that, that nine second video of me doing a deadlift in the gym, um, is the thing that put me on the radar of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. Yeah. And how, that was a 600 pound deadlift, right? Uh, no, that the video that went viral was, uh, about just 500 and something i can do over 600 but um the viral video was 230 kilos which is somewhere around 500 jeez yeah yeah rj's looking it up now (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, i'm not and then so when uh so as a rapper are you uh do do you like tech nine at all 
Yeah, Tech Nine is my favorite rapper. Oh, I'll that's funny. Twice. Uh, so I was showing my wife, uh, you know, some of your music, or I just played some of your music last night, and my wife was like, "Oh, I didn't know you like Tech Nine. <laughs> she, oh, really? Yes. So your wife, your your wife thought I was Tech Nine. Yeah. So the most ultimate compliment. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, firstly, uh, firstly, big up to your wife for knowing who Tech Nine is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll take that as a compliment. I get, I get, uh, I get compared to a lot of rappers, but being compared to Tech Nine is certainly, an, certainly a compliment. What song was it? Uh, it was shoot. Let me. Must have been one of the fast. Yeah. Um. Man, now I gotta find it. Was it on my? On a course last night before bed, I went through a bunch of. Uh, I think it was the. Now uh, you're gonna have to correct the get get him get him oh, oh get him oh get yeah, him there we go okay yeah yeah, yeah. oh T- Tech Nine does do the intro on that song though he shouts me out on the intro oh he does okay yeah yeah so at the begin at the very beginning of the song he introduces the song okay well well it was later in the song so it was after the intro is oh that's she made comment, yeah, so that's funny. Yeah, so maybe it was subconscious. She she may have heard Tech Nine in the background, but either way, man, that's it's a compliment, and we're gonna run with it. Yeah, man, I'll take it. Yeah, and then so we read that. So you graduated from Oxford. Um, mm-hmm. So that means you're a pretty smart guy. I like to think so. <laughs> and what I found, so you were you were rapping while you're in uh, while you're in college, correct? That's right. Yeah, I started rapping when I was in university. So I started rapping in my first year. And I actually released my very first album, Commercial Underground, when I was in my second year of university. Okay, and then, and then I read uh, on your website it said that you, you know, you kind of got uh, tired of that, you know, nine to five corporate life. Uh, what what steps did you take to help you uh, set yourself up so you were able to quit, or did you just mm. take a gamble and just walk out one day and and just uh, bet on uh, yourself? Okay, so. I mean, I guess it's worth saying I already had two albums and one EP out by the time that I went to do my music full time. So, uh, but like I said, I started rapping and building, um, building momentum for myself and building an initial fan base from the time I was in university. So it wasn't like I was starting from zero. So I'd already sold several thousand albums. I knew I had a small fan base and I'd done a whole bunch of gigs, including a few in a couple of different countries. And, um, so what I did is at the beginning of 2011, I kind of, you know, did some soul searching and just, yeah, kind of decided in my own brain that, okay, by the end of this year, I want to be doing my music stuff full time. So I kind of proceeded the year with that intention. Um, I was like, cool, I want to get this, I want to get promoted. I want to get promoted. I want to hit these certain goals. I want to have this much saved. And then I'm going to make take the jump. And yeah, I stuck to that plan. And in November 2011, I decided to uh, decided to take the leap and um, haven't looked back too many times since. You know, once in a while, I miss having a steady paycheck. But um, in the long term, I'm very confident that, you know, Lord willing, everything is going to everything is going to work out to plan. And Mm. that's how things, you know, I've been going over seven years now independently and I haven't haven't died yet or anything <laughs> and uh stuff, stuff seems to be gaining momentum more and more people are discovering me whether it's directly through the music or through a back door like a viral video or even through my podcast or anything like that but um you know my, my my goal on this earth is to have a positive impact on 10 million people through my words through my actions through my music through everything that i do so anything that's bringing new people into the fold that's more people who can 
hear my message and I can hopefully have some kind of positive influence on because I think that's what the world needs. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, how long have you been doing your podcast? I started it in January. All right. Shout out to Real Talk. Um, Thank you. That's funny when I, uh, when, cause uh, you, you now have some new subscribers to Real Talk. You got three more. <laughs> um, I appreciate it. <laughs> when we first started this, uh, we were trying to come up with different names. And then <laughs> when I saw Real Talk, I was like, Damn it. <laughs> Cause that's, that's what we wanted to, you know, we, our idea with this was just, you know, to have real talk and not, uh, you know, kind of beat around the bush on anything. And it may not be the most politically correct, but we know we're just going to have honest talks. And I saw that one and we landed on table Very, talk, but real talk. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Much better. Yeah. It is better, man. We didn't go to Oxford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you also, you, you wrote a book. Could you uh, go into that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So um, in April, one of my good friends suggested that I write a book. And um, yeah, I managed to do it in a couple of weeks and turn it out. So uh, no. So my first book, uh, Strong Advice, it's, it's called Strong Advice, Zuby's Guide to Fitness for Everybody. So um, it's a book that it, I called it a, a no-nonsense guide to Building muscle, burning fat, getting stronger, and creating your best body ever. So I've been, um, I mean, I've been training for even longer than I've been rapping. I've been going to the gym for half my life. So in that process, you know, I've made a lot of gains and progress myself and also learned a ton of stuff. So been through a lot of trial and error, multiple diet cycles, different training methods, all that kind of stuff. So what I wanted to do is really write the book that I wish I had when I first started training, you know, the wish, the book I wish I had when I was 15 years old that someone could have just given to me and been like, look, like just follow this and don't worry about all the other little details and you'll be good. So there's so much misinformation out there in the world of health and fitness. It's something that's actually very simple, but it's grossly overcomplicated because grossly overcomplicating things is how people tend to make a profit mm -hmm. in the industry. Yeah. But, um, there are just some very fundamental principles when it comes to training and when it comes to nutrition and when it comes to mindset that people need to understand and if they can embrace those things. So I, I just detail in the book what those are. It's a very easy read. It's a very concise book. It's uh, under 100 pages. I tried to just cut out the fluff and, as we said, real talk, just just get straight to it. So that is available um, on my website, teamzubi.com. If you follow me on Twitter, it's in my Twitter bio, the direct link to it. It's, uh, can follow me at Zuby Music, Z-U-B-Y Music. So, um, yeah, the book is doing really well. The feedback on it has been fantastic. Um, really happy with the number of copies sold already and a whole bunch more are going to be sold. It's, it's an evergreen book. You know, it's something that's always going to be relevant. You know, 50 years from now, those, everything I said in it is most likely still going to be relevant. So, um, yeah, if people are interested in, improving their body, getting stronger, losing weight, anything like that. And I recommend you check it out. All right. If so, if there's, if there's someone out there listening right now who just, you know, they can, they want to get started um, and they don't want to buy your book, what would be the biggest piece of advice <laughs> you'd give them? Well, yeah, if they're not willing to make an investment. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Um, well, I guess it would depend on what their goal is. Um, and okay. I'll tell you what, my first piece of advice would be to have a reason and know what your reason is. You need to know what your motivation is. So if you're going to, if your goal is to lose weight or to build muscle or to get stronger or to look sexier or whatever, I think it's good to understand why 
you want to achieve that. Because if you understand your why, this goes for life in general, if you know why you're doing something, why you're striving for something, then it makes it a lot easier to stay motivated. What happens with a lot of people, whether it's training or diet, is people fall off the wagon. You know, someone will really get into the gym and they'll go for two, three weeks and then, you know, they fall off it. Someone will start a diet. They'll be really enthusiastic for 10 days and then they'll fall off it. Um, some of that obviously is just lack of discipline and willpower, but what a lot of it is, is just not having a clear understanding of why you are striving for that. I mean, that could be health reasons. That could be something that seems superficial, like looking hotter for the man or the woman in your life or the man or the woman you want in your life. You know, that it doesn't really matter what your reason is. Just be honest with yourself and find out, okay, why, why do I want to lose 20 pounds? You know, what, what, what would that do? How would that make my life better? And if you can really understand that and constantly remind yourself of it, then you're, I think you're going to be a lot more likely to succeed. Yeah, that's great advice. I've definitely been guilty of falling off the wagon. <laughs> everybody, everybody has, man. Everybody has. Yeah, my what uh, I'm in a bet right now with a friend. We both weighed in about uh, two twelve, and so we want to get down to one ninety. Okay. Uh, and he's still at he's at two eleven, and I am at two hundred now. And so okay. I'm I'm well well on my way to victory. I'm ho- unless he does like meth or heroin or something stupid. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> He's that competitive. He just might. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but so do you? I mean, because like you go to the store here, you know, there's different. There's so we have so many different like diets. You know, there's uh, the keto is a big one, and then there's vegan. Do you follow any of the intermittent fasting or certain diets? Do you fall nine, or are you just more of a? I'm just going to eat good food. That's good for me. I'm a big advocate of flexible dieting, so I don't follow any specific diet. I, I've been intermittent fasting for the most part for probably about 11 years now, just because it fits well with my lifestyle and it makes it very easy for me to uh, sort of track my food without really needing to be too um, pedantic about it. So, but intermittent fasting is not a diet; it's just like a yeah. style of eating, really. Yeah. Um, That's but, um, no, I don't. I don't follow any diet. I don't do keto. In fact, I, I dislike keto. Um, I don't do paleo. I eat plenty of carbs. I eat fat. I eat protein. I eat fruit. I eat vegetables. I eat I eat everything, man. Um, there's no foods that are off limits to me. Um, I, obviously, like I don't binge on tons and tons of junk food. But um, I'm far less strict on my diet than people think I would be. All right. Yeah. Um, that's every source I see, whether it's a vegan or all meat or keto, everyone says the intermittent fasting is like the best thing you can do no matter which diet you choose to go on. And do you do the eight hour window of eating and 16 fasting? Um, it changes, man. Uh, sometimes it'll be 12, 12. Sometimes it'll go as far as 19, five or even 24. But, um, it really depends on what I'm trying to do. Like if I'm towards the end of a diet and I'm trying to lose the last couple of pounds, then I'll shrink it down really low. But, um, if it's just like a normal time of year and I'm not, I'm just trying to maintain and get stronger. I'm not really trying to lose weight or anything like that. Then I'll be a lot more flexible with it. I'll just do like 12 hours, um, which I don't even need to think about. Um, but yeah, 16, eight, maybe on average. But, um, again, a lot of this, and this is what I teach in the book though, is that I think a lot of times people overthink things, you know, mm-hmm. um, cause it doesn't, your eating window is irrelevant. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't matter whether you eat 10 meals a day or one meal a day, 
in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. What matters is how many calories you're getting in and the macros that you're getting in and then just how it kind of makes you feel. So there's, there's some practical reasons why you might want to eat more than just one meal a day because unless you've got a massive stomach and are really good at fasting, then you know that's going to be difficult for a lot of people. Mm. But there are also a lot of reasons why you wouldn't want to eat 10 meals a day because then you're not going to get the chance to actually eat anything substantial. And also it's a huge pain in the butt in terms of time cost to be stopping and eating every every hour so um yeah you know i i i kind of leave those in the book i don't detail a lot of that stuff i probably just got a sentence in there saying like look how many meals you eat a day is irrelevant the frequency of eating is pretty irrelevant so don't get bogged down in it just do what works for you um what matters is like i said is the food that you're actually eating the macros you're getting the calories you're getting as long as you're hitting certain numbers and certain targets, you'll be fine. Great. And then do you do, uh, what's your take on supplementation? Are you into supplements or are you more just get, get it through nutritional food? No, most, most vast majority of supplements are a huge waste of money. There's only two to three supplements that I'd recommend at all. Um, one of those would just be like a whey, you know, whey protein or similar powder which I almost just consider a food rather than a supplement. Mm-hmm. Um, I recommend creatine if you're doing lots of heavy weight training and that's super duper cheap. You can probably get a year's supply for like $30. Um, and then, you know, for some people I'd recommend certain vitamins that you might need. So say essential fatty acids or fish oil, um, maybe vitamin D3, especially if you live in somewhere without a lot of sunlight. For some people, mm-hmm. zinc might help. For some people, vitamin C might help. But, um, yeah, apart from that, all those pills, powders, and potions, honestly, most of them are a waste of money. Um, some someone someone out there probably doesn't want me to say that, yeah. but um, <laughs> it's it's the truth. You know, people spend hundreds of pounds or dollars a year, maybe even thousands, on supplements, and they don't they don't do anything. Okay. They really like they're very very ineffective, right? With good food, good training, good rest, good diet, you'll be fine. You don't need, you know. There's no point spending a hundred dollars on something that might give you a zero point one percent advantage. Like yeah. it's, it's just it's just not worth it. Doesn't seem like a great investment. No, it's a terrible investment. Yeah. You know, and pe- people get sold on the hype because you know they'll take someone who's on um, not supplements but huge amounts of performance enhancing drugs and yeah. they'll use that <laughs> to advertise the thing, and then people will think, oh, well, this guy uses it and he's jacked and shredded. Yeah. But, so. This, you know, I mean, I, dude, I used to fall for that stuff when I was like a teenager, you know, when I first got into it and I'd be like, wow, I didn't realize how pervasive steroid use and stuff was. So I'd see all these fitness models and bodybuilders and, you know, I knew, I knew like the super huge bodybuilders, the Mr. Olympies and stuff. Like I knew they were on stuff, obviously, mm-hmm. but, um, I didn't realize, you know, like most of the fitness models and physique competitors and all that who look a little more like human, um, <laughs> I didn't realize that vast majority of them are also on stuff. So once I kind of took that red pill, red pill, sorry. Um, yeah, I was like, okay, cool. Well, I know what the deal is now. So I just kind of, I see the game for what it is. Um, and there's no point if you're a natural athlete and you know, you don't, you're not using any kinds of performance enhancing drugs, then it's good to know. It's good to set your expectations in reality and know what the realistic strength standards you can achieve are and what the physique standards you can achieve are and not compare yourself to somebody who's taking, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. 
What do you, so my biggest issue is I go sit at a desk for eight hours a day and then I go to yeah. the gym. And so just, you know, at that point it's like, okay, I got to get this energy drink or, you know, a pre-workout just to, just to kind of get the, just to man up, I guess. And so do you do anything for energy that like after, you know, a hard day or a long day or, or are you just pretty well at just getting yourself there and just not needing that? I, I train first thing in the morning, so I don't, you know, I don't, yeah, um, I just, I wake up and I go to the gym. Well, so, hard me, Mr. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do work for myself. I mean, to be fair, I've done, even, even when I had a, even when I had a corporate job, I, I'd go to the gym at like 5.30 a.m., 6 a.m., so I'd, I'd always knock it out first thing. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, me too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a lot better than doing, grinding yourself through a whole work day and mm-hmm. then having drag yourself to the gym after you've already depleted all your willpower um i think it's a lot more effective if you can i know everybody's schedule may not allow it but if you can i do recommend people to just go first thing in the morning yeah yeah i'm such a wimp when it comes to getting up early in the morning (laughs) (laughs) you get used man your body your body can adjust very quickly yeah uh awesome uh guys you got any anything I think we covered everything. I was awesome, man. Well, we just like to end it with just kind of some rapid fires where we ask you some elementary silly questions. Okay, go for it. And uh, all right, favorite food? Ice cream. All right, favorite sport? Rugby. Ooh, rugby. Uh, Favorite TV show? I don't watch TV. Yeah, me either. (laughs) It's a waste of time. (laughs) Uh, Are you a cat or a dog person? Dog. Uh, Favorite uh, lift? Deadlift. All right. I had favorite rapper, but you said that was Tech Nine. Yeah. All right. What's your outside of rapping, podcasting, uh, coaching, and uh, what's your uh, favorite hobby to do outside of all what you do for a living? <laughs> um, reading. Reading. All right. What's your uh, favorite book to read besides uh, Strong Advice? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm currently reading the entire Bible. Oh, oh, good for you. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, what uh, denomination are you? I'm a Protestant. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, guys, any final elementary questions you want to throw? No, I think we covered it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, Zuby, man, we really appreciate this. Uh, you know, we yeah. wish you the best of luck and everything. Um, I'm definitely going to get on there and get uh, some strong advice, get a copy of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, your website, uh, again, it was uh, Zuby doc, teamzuby.com. Teamzuby.com is my online store. So if you wanted to get the book or music or T-shirts or anything like that, that's the spot. And my main website is zubymusic.com. That's Z-U-B-Y music.com. All right. And then your social media is at Zuby Music? At Zuby Music on everything, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. All right. Perfect. Yeah, we'll make sure uh, all of us will tell everyone to go yeah. follow, subscribe, listen, um, and yeah, so awesome, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for calling. No doubt. You're Zuby. welcome, guys. Good to speak to you. Good. All right. Have a good one. Take care, man. Bye bye. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Table Talk again. A uh, special shout out to the podcaster, the rapper, the author of Strong Advice, the coach, the Oxford grad, the free thinker. You can find him at teamzuby.com. His Twitter is at Zuby Music. His Instagram, just type in Zuby Music. The one, the only, Zuby. Thank you very much, everyone. Tune in again next time. Can't wait to hear from you all. Thank you.